0: And Chris, hello Chris Uh, hi Okay Chris, what do you think the song is? Is it Frosty the Snowman? No, no it's not I'm afraid But try again, right let's go to line four Hello, click Was that it? Where's my money? Where was my mention to all my friends? Where the fuck is my car? He did say try again though So I did Is it Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Sorry, Chris, that's not the answer either. But it does have the word THE in it. What? This is the most ridiculous competition ever with the world's laziest DJ. It could be anything. Right, I'm calling it up again. Actually, hang on a second. I can't think of another Christmas song that has the word THE in the title. Merry Christmas, everyone. No. Jingle bells. No. Rudolph the Red... No, I've already said that. Shit. I need to think. Tea time, shouts Mum. Oh, come on, Mum. I want to phone up again and get on the radio. No, you tried twice and now your tea's going to get cold. Twice, shouts Dad. How many more times I have to tell you? That phone is for emergencies only. So one tea and several mince pies later, I was hooked. I discovered radio. I used to listen to and call any radio station I could to try and get on the air. I wasn't bothered about winning anything. I just wanted to get on the air. Talking on the radio. How cool was that? Incidentally, I never did find out the answer to the Christmas competition. Lazy bastard disc jockey. Before I go on, let me tell you this. I love great radio. I really do. It's the same when you hear a song by a band you love when there's a TV series that you just can't miss. The same feeling you get when you have no plans for the night and two of your best mates call you and tell you they're in your local pub. I love that feeling. Unless they call you when your favourite TV show is about to start, but I think you've got my point. Now let me tell you something else. I make great radio. I do. Maybe not every link, because you've got to remember, I'm on air 15 hours a week. However, I must say that, for the most part, I am great at making great radio. Many people try and fail. Lots of people have their moments. Only a few people on the radio make great radio. I'm high on that list. Sounds arrogant. Absolutely. But why not? I've done this shit since I was 12 years old. I've done hospital radio from a mental hospital. I've even worked in Stoke-on-Trent. Trust me, I've learnt how to do this stuff. The question people ask me is, what advice can I give them? Why the hell would I tell them? Seriously, why would I give away all the learning that I spent 15 years finding out? For free. I don't think so. However, I will tell you why I think I make great radio. Here's the secret, and trust me, it's a letdown, but it's the truth. First, you need to be born to be good at radio. If you're listening to this and you think you have what it takes to be a brilliant broadcaster, let me be the first to tell you. You probably don't. I mean, look at other people who think they can sing and audition for X Factor. They're rubbish. Just because you have a go doesn't mean you'll be good at it. The second thing is a little bit easier, and I'm slightly reluctant to tell you. I've learned how to do great radio from listening to great radio. James Whale was one of the first broadcasters I noticed was great. One of the reasons for this is he tells you he's great. How genius is that? Kenny Everett was also a genius. He would spend hours working on something that may last 30 seconds, but it was worth it if it made him smile or laugh out loud. You've got to put the effort in. This shit doesn't always come easy. Simon Mayo I have always admired. He makes listening to him effortless. Howard Stern is somebody who will say stuff that makes me belly laugh. He also says the stuff that nobody else says. Nick Abbott used to do a late-night phone-in show on Virgin Radio. A great myth about me is that I used to call up, putting on strange accents and trying to be funny whilst I was out of work. It's true, I did. Nick was brilliant with callers. He wouldn't talk to them as if they were his friends. They weren't. They were strangers calling into a radio station. Steve Wright, who helped me a lot, more on that later, is also brilliant. He creates a little special world just for you and him, while talking to everybody and ignoring the talk-to-one-listener theory. So, you take all these great radio people, then you steal from them. Really, that's what you do. It takes time, though, because for a while you just try to copy them badly. Eventually you start to do your own thing, but the influences are buried deep. I must admit, I thought for a while before admitting this, until it occurred to me that most of those DJs stole as well. James Whale has influences from Howard Stern. Steve Wright has influences from Rick Dees in America. Nick Abbott had influences from Neil Rogers in America. So the way I look at it, it's all fair game. People ask me what station I listen to and I tell them Radio 1. I really do. I wouldn't want to work there if the station was rubbish. Scott Mills is brilliant. We share a lot of the same humour. But he does his show very differently to me. It's great because I can listen as a listener and totally forget that I know him. He's brilliant live as well. If he ever plays near you, go and see him. But don't buy him a drink after the gig. By then, he'll have had enough already. I started working for Radio 1 back in 1997, and I've worked with some brilliant people. Don't get me wrong, I've also worked with some shite. But there are some top names on the list. Jeff Smith is the man responsible for my joining Radio One. If it wasn't for Jeff Smith, I genuinely believe I would have never got to work for Radio One. So thanks, mate. My producer, Ben Cooper, was one of the most important people in my success at Radio One, and he still is. Ben is a few years older than me, but we seem to share the same sense of humour. He was straight, yet funny, older, yet as childish. Ben is now one of my bosses and was instrumental in getting me on the breakfast show. He is bloody brilliant at radio. Kiss, kiss, slurp, slurp. We also worked on the radio and road shows together. Was that fun? You have no idea. Trust me, travelling the week in a Winnebago to towns you'd never heard of with an old guy driving at 75 miles an hour through country lanes he really can't see, priceless. For two summers, Ben, Comedy Dave and I were on the road for six days. morning rock stars in such places as Great Yarmouth and Hunstanton. Brilliant. I suppose I'd better say a little bit about the legend that is Comedy Dave. Many people think that Dave and I had worked together for years before joining Radio 1. The truth is, we met at Radio 1. He used to do technical bits at the station, failing the news up every half hour. What a job. As he was in the building every morning at 6am, we quickly became pals. One day, Dave told me that he had some ideas that he thought were funny. So I took a look at the ideas and they made me laugh out loud. They were odd, to say the least. One of them was a daily tribute to the band Candy Flip. Candy Flip were not very famous and were mostly known for a cover version of the Beatles' Strawberry Fields Forever, which charted for them back in 1990. So, a daily tribute to a band that had had one hit. This was my kind of guy. Dave started coming into work early and hanging out the studio with me and Ben. As time went on, he started coming in earlier and making more appearances on the show. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, get ready for a treat. This is the real story on how Dave became known as Comedy Dave. When I met him, a guy in the building had already nicknamed him as Super Dave. I didn't like it. Then one day, comedian Lee Hurst was on the show. Dave was chipping in as usual, and Lee asked who he was. That's Super Dave, I told him. Comedy Dave, my like, said Lee sarcastically. So that's it. Now you know. Dave writes a lot of the stuff we do on the show. In fact, pretty much all the written stuff. Incidentally... When we started doing the breakfast show, he gave himself the brand new title of Director of Comedy. Comedy Dave, indeed. I love working with Dave. I really do. Now, sometimes he can be a right royal pain in the ass. He can, at times, be a stubborn little git who doesn't really want to play or talk about a certain subject. This often makes for some quite spicy radio. Other times, it can lead us down a dead end. And trust me, I go down enough of them on my own but 95% of the time, it all works perfectly. There have been a lot of stories told about Dave on the air. One of my favourite ones, which has been used quite a bit on the show, was when he made the biggest balls up in his career and completely got away with it. Did he swear on the air? No, although he did swear on the air once, or maybe twice, but that's not the story. Has he announced somebody on the air as being dead?